Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 32. We are continuing our resilience series with a look at the ABCs of bounce. Today we're talking about beliefs. Hello, Father. Hello, daughter. Ah, oh, so good to be with you. And we just wrapped up our resilience conference this weekend. And uh, alas, uh, we're, we're recording this before it happens, <laughs> yes, so I, I can't. It was be- wonderful, I'm sure. <laughs> it was but, yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it was wonderful. But hey, um, in present time, if you want to come find us on our social media, um, Instagram and Facebook, especially Deeper Walk International, come tell us how the conference was, or just connect with us there, and that would be great. But yeah, cool. It <laughs> is. Gonna... <laughs> it's cool. Well, it, right now, as we're recording this ahead of time, it is exciting to uh, be able to do something with uh, you know John Eldridge and connect with his newest book, Resilient, and it connects so well with not only Building Bounce, which I wrote with Stephanie Hinman, but a book I've got coming out with Chris Corsi in May uh, called The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People. So I'm sure we'll circle back around a little bit and when that comes out and talk Ooh, about that. Huzzah! Get excited. Let's start with a story. I like stories. <laughs> um, I like the story that you tell from it was Bill Gillum with the the bear chasing. You you actually helped me when I uh, was a child afraid of storms and and reframed my perspective on storms so much that um, I adore storms now. So why don't you tell us that story? <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, think all the credit goes to this story, but I do remember. So um, Bill Gillum wrote a book called Lifetime Guarantee, and I saw uh, some videos that he had done that were really helpful in getting me thinking about what it, the difference is between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. But he tells a story about um, fear and beliefs. Uh, basically goes like this. Uh, imagine I'm running through the woods and uh, because I'm being chased by a bear and the bear's just about to get me. When I notice that there is a cabin ahead, I sprint to the cabin, I get in, I slam the door shut just in time to hear the bear bounce off of like bang, you know, the whole cabin shaking. But I, I've locked it and I am in this cabin now. And the reality is I am safe. The bear cannot get to me. So at this point I have options, right? I can literally pop popcorn, you know, put on some nice music, read a book, have a good time. Or I could sit there and worry about every possible way that the bear might be able to break break in and literally die of a heart attack from, you know, the stress that I put myself under. It really all comes down to beliefs, right? Where I set my mind and what I'm filling my mind with. And so the idea here is that it's always possible to imagine a scenario I can't handle, right? It's always possible to imagine how something could go wrong. And it's not that we never go there, but we don't want to camp out there, right? We want to get ourselves back to a place of what I can control, right? What is in uh, uh, possible. So learning how to attack the toxic thinking, right, is really what we're talking about here. And a lot of times the best way to attack toxic thinking is to replace it. Let me tell one more story while I'm on okay, it. Okay. Right. So, okay, so this is a Carl Payne story. So Carl Payne was telling about the idea of replacing thoughts versus just saying, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to think about this. He said, suppose that you are thinking about 
pink elephants with green booties and giant <laughs> sunglasses, right? It does no good to say, stop thinking about pink elephants with giant sunglasses and green booties. You know, stop it, stop, stop. Right. That doesn't really help it. That just reinforces the image in your head. You're like, oh, well, now I'm definitely thinking about them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that happens with us a lot where we're like, stop thinking about this thing that's making you afraid. And that doesn't help. You got to replace it. So he's like, if I don't want to think about the pink elephants and the sunglasses and the green booties, then maybe I should think about an iceberg floating out in the middle of the Atlantic with two polar bears on it, waltzing, <laughs> right? And then when I think about an iceberg floating in the Atlantic with two polar bears on it, waltzing, and I think about that often enough, pretty soon I realize I'm not thinking about this pink elephant anymore. So that's the idea that it's way more effective strategy when it comes to attacking our toxic thinking to replace thoughts uh, than it is to try not to think thoughts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't replace the thoughts, and then that might be a sign that there's a spiritual warfare issue going on. Yep. But Yeah, no, if you're trying and you can't replace the thought and that strategy isn't working, then sometimes I have to take a thought captive with the authority that is mine in Christ and just say, you know, in the name of Jesus, whatever spirit is behind this, I command you to go. That's why I say sometimes it is appropriate to shoot the messenger. As <laughs> 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 you go, you bringing me this, you know, message of doom, you get out of here in Jesus' name. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and going back to the to the storms and the the bear chasing, I um there was definitely a lot of attachment there too because you were there with me telling me these stories and then we would have um uh I'd get all like my dolls and my my stuffed animals and come and get into the bed with you and mom and we'd watch or on the couch and we'd watch the the lightning outside and ooh ah yeah I can oh, remember yeah. we got to the point where you would ask oh there's a storm coming can we set up the couch can we pop pop <laughs> right it became a thing so yeah that was pretty cool yeah I was also just thinking you know as as I was praying about this episode and and thinking about my you know a, a time in my life when. I've had uh, my beliefs changed about something. I I went back to when we were at the house. I we moved around a lot when I was younger, um, but we were at the the house where I was like first through third grade, maybe. Um, and when we left that house, um, I left behind a bunch of friends, and I came back one time, and they there was a new girl who had moved in to town or in, into the neighborhood, and I felt replaced. Everybody was so excited about this girl and telling me all these things and just like it was just all about her and I just felt replaced. I was talking to you, you know, just a couple years ago, you know, late 20s and and this came up again. Um and you know, just some different wounds that were kind of along that same pattern. And you know, there there wasn't a, a like a Jesus healing the memories thing where I like, oh, I know for a fact that, you know, this is what the reality was, but you just kind of recast the frame for me and and we're like, you know, Maybe maybe they were immature and maybe they did move on, but more likely they still considered you part of the group and were so excited to introduce you to this new part of the group and was just like it didn't even cross their mind that you weren't part of the group anymore. If obviously you were part of the group, and look, you know we got to catch you up on the the new person in our group kind of thing, you know, and and you just like recast that for me, and I remember finding a a step of healing in that just from having that that recast. And so again, who knows if that was true or not in that instance, but in that helped me a lot. Yeah. Beliefs are powerful things. My uh, dad, you know, your grandfather used to say, um, people don't always practice what they say they believe, but people always practice what they really believe, mm -hmm. right? That was one of his standard teaching phrases. And it gets to this idea that there is a real strong element of belief in it in 
everything that we feel. So it might be worth taking a moment here because at Deeper Walk, we teach a lot of life model and we teach a lot of attachment to um, just clarify here. It helps me to think, again, this is obviously oversimplified, but it helps me to think like right brain, left brain. I picture emotions generated on the right brain, like they go from the bottom of the brain to the top and they're going up the attachment pathway on the right side. So they're going from the bottom to the top. And I will feel all kinds of emotions just out of the attachment things happening before it ever gets to the left side of my brain where the beliefs kick in. But the beliefs can really turn those things toxic in, in, a, in a heartbeat. So it was Dr. Carl Lehman in his book, Outsmarting Yourself, he talks about the VLE or the verbal logical explainer. And basically, that's the left brain getting a hold of incomplete facts, incomplete perspective based on what my right brain is feeling. And so my right brain is sending over data. My left brain's getting incomplete data, and it's putting together a storyline that is actually toxic. So like even with the in your neighborhood thing, your VLA put together said, well, this is true, and this is true, and this is true. Therefore, my story must be true, mm-hmm. right? And we do, we all do that. And so our um, that left side, I picture our beliefs going from the top down. As once up at the top, I put a belief system in place with this. Now that drives its own set of beliefs. And so it hits the amygdala on the way up, which is that fight, flight, freeze, or the amygdala can also... Um, be involved in giving us low energy emotions like shame and sadness and despair. But our belief once on the left side is it's going from the top down. It also passes through the amygdala so we can trigger really, you know, strong beliefs. And so that because of that, there's an attachment element to believing. So sometimes we feel the thing first and then our mind puts a, a narrative to it. And sometimes it's the narrative that's creating the problem in the first place. Either way, we usually have to address the narrative at some point. So in the chicken and the egg scenario, sometimes it is emotions that comes first, sometimes it is the beliefs that come first. Right. It's not See, always- I was taught basically that all emotions come out of our beliefs, right? And that's that's just true enough like that that people believe it that, no pun intended. It's just true enough that people uh, will will build their whole ministry around that. But the reality is that um, – so I like the way Dr. Amen talks about this in Amen cl- uh, Clinics when he talks about ant- anteaters and he talks about these automatic negative thoughts that we have. He said, well, what triggers the automatic negative thought is the emotion we feel. So, for example, I might see uh, a redhead walk by and I'm, and all of a sudden – I feel something and I don't even know why. Well, maybe when I was young, I had a red-haired older sister who I loved. And so it creates warm feelings. Or maybe I was abused by a redhead. And so now I'm getting fear feelings. But whatever, I will have that reaction before I even think about it. And then my brain might pick up on that and give me a completely right or wrong explanation for why I'm feeling the way I am. So the idea behind automatic negative thoughts is that I actually feel the emotion first and then I fill that emotion with all the thoughts that reinforce it and make it bigger. And so part of taking our thoughts captive, part of attacking toxic thinking is learning to recognize what are the typical thought patterns I go through when I feel certain emotions. So like when I feel anger, what do I always say to myself? When I feel shame, what am I always saying to myself? Like, let's learn to identify those things so we can take them captive and replace them, right? And that's ultimately the goal. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm thinking as you're talking about this, um, 
in Building Bounce, you list out three principles. Beliefs drive emotions. Emotions can't distinguish a true belief from a false one. And attachments influence beliefs and also drive emotions. So you you kind of covered the beliefs driving emotions bit there. Do you want to talk about uh, emotions just not being distinguished from false ones? Yeah, well, beliefs drive emotions, just like in that bear story, mm-hmm. right? When I'm in the cabin, what I'm believing can drive me to peace or it can drive me to, you mm-hmm. know, death, right? Mm-hmm. It can you know, get, get the better of me. This idea that, uh, but that my beliefs can't tell fact from fiction also is illustrated in that same story. Like, I can believe with all my heart that I am in mortal danger when I'm not, mm-hmm. right? I can believe that, uh, you know, that I am doomed when I am not. I can believe all kinds of things, and it feels absolutely true, but it doesn't mean it is true, because my emotions can't tell fact from fiction. So if we're only listening to our emotions, we can be very deceived because our emotions <laughs> don't know <laughs> true yeah. truth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and this happen happens a lot. And that I look back to a time in my life when I was at my worst, right? I was in the most anxiety, the most uh, distress, and nothing I was afraid of happened, mm-hmm. right? It's like it, none of it actually took place. And so I look at that and it's a reminder that fear is a liar, right? That it is 90-something percent of what we're afraid of never does happen. And so... It really is important to learn to learn these things because if our thought life runs amok, you know, we're going to get taken with it. So we, we do want to talk about strategies for how you do that, largely emotions. Um, but people will also recognize this has to do with compulsions and behaviors and things that I, I, I'm trying to go after. They're related things because those are so often driven by emotions. So there was a third yeah, one. There were three things, right? So it was like beliefs often drive emotions, do drive emotions. Um, they can't tell, emotions can't tell the difference between what's a true and a false belief. And then the other one is that attachments uh, also drive emotions. Um, and so what happens is one of the deepest emotions we feel is attachment pain. Uh, you mentioned, I think in the last podcast, this idea that when you're away from Kentucky, there are some things there that you miss and and it can actually cause pain that that's not available to you. Or when you were a freshman in college and you were away from all of your people and all of your family, there was attachment pain there. And uh, people, and and we can feel this, everything from, oh, I really feel like being with somebody right now and everyone's out shopping mm-hmm. <laughs> to someone has died and I have no more access to them, right? Or they're, they're, they're out of my life. Then you get attachment pain plus hopeless despair. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so what happens is, is that attachment pain can combine with, with these others. And that's, I think, part of the, what's happening in the grief cycle, you know, is that attachment pain is connecting to various emotions as we go on, whether that is uh, hopeless despair or anger or shame, and uh, they, they can all factor in. Mm-hmm. So maybe coming out of this part of the conversation, we could talk about um, the five engines that help us understand our emotions. Um, you've got like three physical, two spiritual. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this briefly in Building Bounce, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the, uh, there are three physical engines and two spiritual ones. The three physical engines are my body. And the idea here is simply, if you don't get enough sleep, mm-hmm. it can make you more easily anxious, more easily depressed, more easily angry. You have a chemical imbalance. Yeah. You can have... Yeah, issues. the body is like if I, uh, you know, if I have something in my brain that is actually not functioning correctly, it'll affect me emotionally. So my body is a big engine that drives my emotions. Um, 
Second is my beliefs. And then the third is my bonding. And so by bonding is attachments. And so this is just looking at the same thing um, from that same perspective that I need to look at when something isn't going right with my emotions. I look at it. Is there something in my body that needs addressed? Is there something in my belief system that needs corrected? Um, are there attachments that are all anchored in fear and I need to find a way to to get some joy in my attachments? And then the two spiritual engines are the Holy Spirit and wicked spirits. And so what tends to happen is that people put all of their energy in one of these five engines or maybe two of them. And I'm just saying it's helpful to remember that there are these five do exist. And we, if we are looking for a breakthrough and we aren't finding it, it might be because we're not addressing one or two or even four of these engines that really need some uh, um, some attention. Mm. I really appreciate how you you simplify and bring together all these different areas that are so important. So let's segue off of that to talk about the battle for the mind in relation to emotional capacity. So emotional, um, what we usually teach is believe good, believe the right things and then make good choices. Um, but there's more to it going on there when it comes to our emotions than just believing right things and making good choices. And deeper than that is the idea of emotional capacity, which is do I have even have the capacity to accept that truth? Some of us don't, right? We have to build that over time. So one of the reasons we start with appreciation and quieting is that the appreciation and the quieting is what builds our capacity. And that gives us the capacity to even embrace certain truths, certain things as, as, yeah, I think I could believe that. For example, there's some people have been so wounded, the idea that God exists angers them, right? So before you can just say, well, you need to believe that God exists, they, they need, probably something's going to have to happen to radically change a paradigm for them, or they have to grow some capacity to make that possible to even hold on to that. Again, we can do this in a lot of different uh, areas, but um, you know, you meet with some people and you give them some advice and they just run with it because they've got the emotional capacity already in place to do that. So uh, I, I, it was one of the things that I learned from Life Model that was really helpful right, right at the beginning was this concept of capacity versus choices. And that is life is more than believing the right thing and making good choices. It's also about growing my capacity and that enables me to stay with a better train of thought. And then those choices more naturally flow out of it anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes you can make the right choice, but yeah, you don't have the capacity. Like I know sometimes when I know exactly what I need to do and how to do it, but I can't seem to do it because I've just run out of myself. <laughs> I'm like, ah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's why we need breathers. We need to take breaks. We need to learn rhythm, mm -hmm. right? All those things factor into it. Um, and then just growing my brain's ability to perform certain tasks, right, has to get grown. Just like I have to grow my ability to throw a football or play the piano or whatever. I have to grow my brain's capacity to do some of these things. And then as that capacity grows, they get easier. Well, and it's helpful just even to remember beliefs as like a tool in your pocket, you know, on, on the grand scale, because if you think, ah, oh, do I have beliefs that need to, do I need to assess some beliefs here? Um, that's good. Well, there's always so much more we can say. Next week, we're going to continue with the ABCs of Bounce and look at connecting with people. But for now, are there any final thoughts for beliefs? Well, you know, I think for myself, I remember I got in a, in a point in my life one time when I felt like my life was ruined or I felt like I was doomed to a ruin, story of ruin. And I began 
to study scripture and realize that if I'm a Christian, my story is never a story of ruin. It is always a story of redemption. Yes. So it doesn't mean that there won't be bad things in it, but in the end, right, it's going to be a story of redemption. We all love redemption stories in the novels, right? You know, bad things happen, things fall apart, but they come back together at some point. And that may be this life, it may be the next life, but it's helpful for me to have an overarching narrative view that says that the overall narrative that I am in is never a story of ruin, is always a story of redemption. And that's been something that's been very helpful for me. Amen. Put it on a plaque on the wall and meditate on it. So good. Thank you, Father. All right. Thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. Because of our trailblazers, we are able to provide free or discounted resources like this free podcast or our video streaming The Learning Library Basic. Also like the free January conference where John Eldridge from Wild at Heart just joined Dad to speak about emotional resilience. If you missed it, you can catch the recording at our website. So as we close out today, we invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org slash trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.